So this baby blue it. one was brand new in its day. Brand you new. Bet. Went to Florida, went to Michigan, to all over the place. Yeah. And what happened to it? Talk to oh, me. I don't know. I mean, it was just one of those things. I, you know, they have these maintenance schedules. <laughs> First thing you do with that is chuck that son of a bitch. <laughs> Yep, you heard us there. Another car axiom by my father. The first thing you do with the car's maintenance schedule is to chuck it out the window. Thank you for listening to my podcast, Memory Mission. The spelling is not a typo. My first name starts with an M and my last name is Emery. Memory Mission is a podcast that is just that. I am on a mission for memories, not just any old memories you see. I am extremely blessed to share such fond, wild, and crazy memories with my friends and family. One of my longtime goals has been to capture and share these memories in some way because a lot of this stuff you just cannot make up. But I never would have jumped into this work if I did not make a major life-changing decision two years ago. I stopped depending on a drink each night to cope with life stressors. That is the absolute wrong way to handle it. So I had to make a change, and I haven't looked back since. And with these newfound changes, I have a newfound perspective of life. While unlearning a harmful habit, I knew that then I had the time to start on that long-time goal of capturing and sharing our memorable and wild stories. So I taught myself all that I could about recording, producing, and shaping our memories into fun and engaging audio stories that I believe more people than just my friends and family would feel a connection to. This is the second episode of a two-part series about character building, specifically the lessons that we've learned over the years from driving far from new cars, or as I fondly call them, hoopties. If you haven't listened to part one yet, you probably should do that first. Most of us have owned a beater, a bucket, a junker, a clunker, a hoopty. And I'm sure most of those cars have rusted out, caught on fire, flooded, or met its demise in another memorable way. I'm sure you and your friends and family have shared the countless stories of these hoopties and the memories behind them. So I'm sure that you will have a connection to our stories. As we've discussed in the first episode, there are a few things that driving hoopties can provide us. And those are character building and life lessons. They've taught us how to be patient, how to be flexible, and even how to put out a fire. The main story arc over the two episodes are my parents and I sharing memories of our beloved vehicles over the years. Throughout the conversation with my folks, I also sprinkle in and share a few of my friends' memories of their cherished hoopties. In the first episode, we shared stories about three of our family cars, a 1978 Mustang, a 1980 Plymouth Velari, and a 1985 Mercury Lynx. In this episode, you'll hear about the character-building gifts that keep on giving. Two minivans, two Plymouth Voyagers, a 1989 and a 1992, both blue but different shades. My sister Rachel is next, who is three years younger than me, and she kicks off the 89 Plymouth Voyager story with her memories of driving it at the beginning of her driving life, but at the end of the Voyager's life. 
When you think of our family had two minivans, an 89 Plymouth Voyager 92? and a 92 yeah. Plymouth Voyager, and both of them had over 200,000 miles well, on them by the time we um, said goodbye, killed them. Yeah. Not killed them. By the time we say goodbye, what do you remember about any well, of the minivans? The original, the 89, which was like our first, let's say, luxury car for us. Brand yeah, it, new. Was, it was really first exciting. brand new. Um, but uh-huh. that thing was the first, that was the car that I learned to drive in. That was the car, although oh, we did okay. drive, I drove the Lynx, but the, yeah. the 89 was so beat by the time I was a driver mm-hmm. that like you couldn't go over, I think 50 or 55 miles an hour. It would start to violently shake. Correct. The door uh-huh. was all, uh-huh. was being held on by a rope that was that door and i was thinking uh-huh. it was the other one but it was that yep. door you had to enter yep. uh through the hatch if people wanted to come in the back yeah you had to enter through the hatch or the right. front two and seats climb and climb over climb and, back and um <laughs> so and that was i mean that was what i drove that was what i drove my friends like yeah. i drove that vehicle rachel just kicked off the 89 plymouth voyager minivan talk with stories about the end of its life. But that same van once stood proud and tall. I'll never forget when my parents brought it home, brand new, us kids sprinted to the driveway, got in it, amazed at how cool it was. Remember, the 1980s were all about the minivan. And everybody had one, and now including us. We ditched the Buick station wagon and picked up a Mini. A Mini that in its decade of life put on 236,000 miles and taught us all to expect the unexpected. Here are my parents and I fondly recalling the minivan. So we, in 1989, we were fortunate enough to be blessed with a brand new 1989 Plymouth Voyager minivan. It sure. was the it was our first new heyday. It was the day of the minivan. It was minivans were storming the nation. Watch out, station yep. wagons. Minivans are taking over. Yep. And dad brought that shiny baby blue 89 Dodge or Plymouth Voyager minivan up. Lee Iacocca was happy. That he was. And now that I think of it, that was probably, is that the only brand new car you've ever purchased straight from the dealer? <clears throat> I haven't in my 43 years. I know that. Well, we've well, leased. other ones. We've leased. Yeah. You no, leased. That's right. That's but right. that's right. one we bought. But that was, mm-hmm. I think so, even yeah. looking back, yep. that car mm-hmm. was the only car that you purchased from the dealer brand new. Yep. Yep. And we'll get to it later, but the only car that, you kept for literally the whole life cycle of the car from, from beginning right, to because end. Because we did own it from beginning to end. Correct. The, the 92 went in, minivans. Yes. The 92, you bought a little used. We lo- yeah, it's a little bit. Correct. But so this baby blue it. one was brand new in its day. Brand new. Went to Florida, went to Michigan, to all over the place. Yeah. And what happened to it? Talk to me. I don't know. I mean, it's just one of those things. I... You know, they have these maintenance schedules. <laughs> First thing you do with that is chuck that son of a bitch. 
So that's what happened, right? No, it so was, was a good car. <laughs> it, was a, it was a very good car, but I admittedly am not Mr. Maintenance. It, uh-huh. It's taken me years to realize that you need to maintain this stuff. Finally, yeah. now I do, uh-huh. now that I don't drive much yeah, anymore. Yeah, right. Now that you drive like a retired dude. You, you bet. Know, exactly. And now the man's yeah. anal about it. <laughs> you bet. Yep. Uh, yep. Isn't that the truth? But that uh, that Mini, it... Uh, had its problems in mm-hmm. near you know near the near end. the end. Now one of the things I do because that had two hundred and thirty six thirty six on it at the end. Yes. When we when we got rid of two hundred thirty six thousand miles is a ton of miles for you are not kidding late eighties yeah. Detroit car and you got to drive that car yep. a lot mm-hmm. uh, in its in, in near the end mm-hmm. when it had some issues. Mm-hmm. Now one of one of the big issues that I know you dealt with and I dealt with it- would would be. Do you remember what? you're sitting there driving down the street and then all this yes. sudden from a- <laughs> yeah, engine sounded like what it blows the up. Hell is that? Yes. So-, so what you'd have to do is restart the car. But exactly. when you're going 40 miles an hour, you just can't stop and restart the car. So what you would do is put it in neutral. As you're driving, you put it in neutral so now it's coasting. As it's coasting, you turn the car off. And yes. so then you would now have a coasting car that's off, okay? This is true. Then as then you just fire it right back up as it's coasting in neutral, it fires up, you put it right back into drive, and you're good as gold. You don't skip a beat. <laughs> I'm telling you what, that's the truth. And this is the stuff you learn from your dad. <laughs> All right, I, I have to stop it there. To reiterate what used to occur completely, completely randomly, no signs. You're driving, I don't know, 35, 45 miles per hour, and randomly, the loudest, banging, loud noise imaginable, engine shaking, banging, scaring the shit out of you and your guests. (laughs) The only thing you could do is just take your foot off the gas, put it in neutral while it's coasting in neutral. Then you turn the car off completely while it's still coasting in neutral, then you turn the car back on while it's still coasting in neutral, and then you pop it back into drive. After a while, I could do it blindfolded. Back to my parents and I discussing this loud, random surprise noise and how unsuspecting passengers thought the car was going to blow up. Thank goodness I got the new minivan then. Right, you, you bet. Yeah, you had the new minivan then. But that would happen at any given time. It, like, I remember it random. happening at, at a stoplight. I'm sitting there in a left-hand turn lane. Yep. Okay, turn it off, turn it on. Well, you know, and that always did the trick. It was uh, several years later that I learned from a coworker. That all that was, and it was common in those, really? was just some bearing on the the having to do with the belts, you okay. know. So it was really nothing. Yeah. Uh, but it was figures. But exactly. Right. Yeah, right. Since <laughs> since turning it off and on fixed it. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Yeah, that was the that was first safe. time that happened. Did I take it to the shop? <laughs> Hell no. You you found the solution to get yourself home. You bet. And yep. it got you home, so you kept doing it. And then instead of taking it to the shop, you just say, oh, I'll tell my son how to do it. Yep. But it was like a neat party trick. You're driving with somebody new. 
And when it did it, you just scared the shit out of them, and you act like it's, oh my god, what, 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 ah, what's going on? Ah! This is true, man. That's the same car that had rope just completely tied all over the place to hold up the sliding door, um, because as the other van had um, uh, sliding door issues too, yeah. obviously. But this one, I don't think at the end you can get in the sliding door. I think I had it permanently shut. So they climbed, my friends climbed out through the oh. middle. That I believe. Yeah, oh, that uh, I believe. Because by then we weren't the driving. Was it the minivan that we all had to climb through the tailgate one time because we couldn't open the. Right. That would have been the 92. That would have yep. been later on. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So the baby blue minivan, um, it was an 89. And I, I, I'm the one who had it until it was done. I, and when I went to Bloomington in 98. Okay. And it now, might have it lasted did... a little longer. It may, may have. I don't know. Oh, oh, no. Now, it never went to Bloomington. No. Okay. Yeah. It was, a, it was what you coined a county car. Yes. Because I took it out of the yes. county a couple times to Lake, Lake Michigan. And, okay. And I was like, oh, it's out of the county. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I, I, stepped, I had Tower Hill. I'm 20 years old, man. We got to get to Tower Hill. Putzing <laughs> up to, to, to Lake Michigan in a, in a minivan. But oh, 236,000 miles in 10 years is unbelievable. Yeah. Isn't it, though? 23,000 a year. Yeah. I mean, that's... Whoo! Good Lord. Wow. We'll take a break between my parents and I sharing memories of our two legendary minivans. Here's my good buddy, Mark, that you've heard on previous episodes, sharing a very interesting story about a car that he had in college and being at the wrong place at the wrong time. And then my next car was a, I got a 1987 Toyota Celica. Okay. And this thing had 174,000 miles on it when I bought it, but it ran like a top, had leather, like Everything you could imagine yeah. back then, you know, stick shift too. Oh yeah, it was yeah. five speed, uh, but power windows, power sunroof, mm-hmm. everything. And uh, I got that my at the end of my freshman year in college because freshman year you didn't really need a car; there was mm-hmm. nowhere to park it anyway. Um, got to drive that one for about two or three months, and then uh, <laughs> I totaled it. Some guy was chasing a guy that he had come home oh from working God. third shift, uh-huh. found some kid in his daughter's bedroom, <gasps> and he was flying through the alley that goes along the tracks. In our in, <clears throat> our, in River Park? Yeah. Oh, Lord. And I was on my way to work going up north on 30th, uh-huh. and, and he, we just T-boned, and he told, <laughs> told him my car. Oh, no. Yeah, so that sucked. <clears throat> then I bought a 1990. Are you sure? Wait, hold on. Let's back up. Are you sure you weren't that boy? I'm 100% positive. Okay, good. <laughs> Because the guy was super nice about it. Would have it. been he ironic. Just, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that would have, he yeah. probably deserved it. He was super nice about it, man. He's just like, you probably saved me, man. Because if I'd have caught that kid. <laughs> I was like, wow. Okay. Good, uh, good job, Mark. You were yeah. right there. I don't know, Mark. Man, I don't know if I believe you, buddy. That might have been you that that father was trying to chase. <laughs> I guess the truth is between you two. In all seriousness, could you imagine being that guy, though? You get home, you find a dude in your girl's bedroom, you chase him out, you are speeding through the streets of River Park, and you T-bone a college-age kid and total his car. Wow. Next is uh, my good longtime buddy, Nick. You've heard him on previous episodes. 
mentioning Mark's car in college, his Honda CRX. But we called it the Midget Mobile. Please know that as a 43 year old man in 2022, I completely understand how awful that is. But 25 years ago, as you know, if you've listened to previous episodes, we were jackasses. Next is Nick, bringing up Mark's famous car from college. And then you will hear Mark, just as I was saying to Nick that he would do, proudly describe, with tears in his gleamy eyes, his prized possession, that early 1990s Honda CRX. Have you talked to Mark yet? I have not. Uh, I'm, look, no, I'm uh, looking forward this, to hearing the, the stories about his car. The Midget Mobile? Double M threw it up. <laughs> Double M Midget Mobile. <laughs> and he, now I'm going to tell you, I've not met with him yet, but he has a very, he's very sentimental oh. to that little haunt, that little Honda yeah. CRX. So I might have to talk to him about it last because if I make fun of him, he may just throw. He may just have a little tissy. He'll 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 never do one, he'll never do another one of these episodes with no. you if you no you beat him up too no. bad about it. Yeah, he loved that car. And then I bought the uh, the trophy car. I bought my my CRX. Do 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 do. Nineteen ninety one. Yeah, ninety one CRX. I love that yes. car. Absolutely yes. love that car. What are what is when you think of that car? Just what comes to to your mind? It was a fun little sports car, man. Okay. A little two seater, it a hatchback. But I mean, you could put. It's so weird. It's such a small car. You could fit uh-huh. so much stuff in that thing. Yup. Um, it was fast. It was uh, like unbelievable on gas. Okay. Like, I'd put ten bucks in that thing, and it'd last me almost a month. Yes. I mean, but I don't know. There was just something about it. I was so excited when I finally found one. And uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! You were looking for a CRX prior to finding the CRX. Yeah. Oh, so that that particular CRX, you had been hunting one, so it, you didn't just kind of stumble upon the right. brand. You want, you knew what. Okay. Yep. And my, at the time, my brother was working at uh, a Honda dealership. Uh-huh. He was a salesman, and he knew a guy that was trading one in. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Well, why don't you hold off? I I got a brother that." might mm-hmm. be willing to buy it from you. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I that one lasted me all through college. Yeah. I loved that thing. The One of the best things, selfishly, uh-huh. was it got me out of ever having to drive. Yes, it did, because it was a two-seater. Yep. And a stick, but two-seater. Sorry, guys. And <laughs> I, I can take one. Yes, two-seater. <laughs> um, did any of your roommates have any nicknames for that car? Oh, I'm sure you all did. I have no idea what they you were. No, any of them? I don't oh, remember. Okay. You don't remember? They called it the Midget Mobile. Oh yeah, that one. Okay. You don't. You don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. Well, I didn't quite get the reaction out of Mark like I thought, but I did know that he would finally describe that car, and he did. His trophy car. Those of us that have driven not so new cars are very familiar with taking them to the mechanic. Those of us know that there is an art to describing exactly what we want fixed. Because if the mechanic were to fix everything that was wrong, we'd go absolutely broke. When dropping your keys off at the mechanics, I'm sure that many of you have included a note to them. 
a note describing anything that they should look out for when working on the car. Well, my father, Joel, took that to the next level and basically wrote the Magna Carta to his mechanic prior to dropping off their second minivan, the 1992 Plymouth Voyager. And my dad still has that letter, the original. And a few years ago, he took a picture of the letter and texted it to us. When I read it, I just about fell out of my chair laughing. I mean, it's so hilarious on so many fronts. So what you'll hear next is us describing how nice the Plymouth Voyager was at first. And then my parents and I read through that all-too-important mechanics letter. And as you'll hear, the 92 Plymouth Voyager taught us plenty of character-building life lessons as well. So then you loved blue minivans so much (laughs) that you purchased a 1992 Plymouth Voyager minivan. That we sure did. A couple years old, maybe, when you bought it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, a couple few years old. Yeah. Bought it at uh, Coastline Classics. Okay, you know they always had mm-hmm. nice cars there. Uh huh. And it was a very good minivan. Took it on, you know, wherever we Many needed vacations. to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, it suffered very much the same fate as the original <laughs> minivan. Yes, I yes. do believe because when I got it, I chucked the maintenance <laughs> schedule. <laughs> Yes, you did. You chucked the maintenance schedule and you replaced it with your own uh, letter to whatever um, maintenance guys were looking at it. Yeah. So instead of by the book, you know, you created your own letter. And that's That's what we're going to read through here. Well, this was at the very end. Correct. This was was at the end. (laughs) This was the bitter end. This This was was the the bitter end. Hospice for cars. Yes, this was the hospice for the 92 Plymouth Voyager. Uh, There's a kind of a famous letter that you wrote to the mechanic who was looking at the car. That's for sure. Because we all know that our cars each have their own personalities, and and whoever enters has to be able to navigate that. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And you know what? As you have seen Mm -hmm. this letter, and I'm holding a copy Mm -hmm. of it as we speak, this, as far as a mechanic Uh is concerned, I would liken this to the Magna Carta. Okay. This this is probably the most important document that any mechanic has ever seen. Yes. So it's like the Declaration of Independence type yes. status. You, you bet. Yeah. It, okay. it has got that status. I hold the original at home. Yes. You don't, it, it can't it yeah. can't leave. You got that right. It cannot it cannot be around any other type of environment than than what it has been in for the last 20 years. That's um, for sure. So this car throughout its lifespan was just as uh, used and just as loved. We've previous episodes, you've heard about the sliding door falling off in Bloomington. Uh, <laughs> this is the of, one. This is the one. You and bet. You had to take it in to get it fixed near the end of its life. And instead of the mechanic just calling you back, letting you know everything that's wrong and all that, you're just like, look, I don't need you to fix this. I don't need you to fix that. I want you to look at this. But before you get in, do this ABC. So you wrote you out a letter. Because I believe I sure you did. took it before it opened in the morning. Right. Yeah. They, yeah. I dropped it or off the either the night before oh, okay. or 
the yep. morning of and just dropped the key in there. So he couldn't, down. he wasn't speaking to the mechanic face yeah. to face as his wife. Uh, unless bet. he was so embarrassed, he wrote it down. Oh, uh, you have to wear this shit on your sleeve, man. Yes. You can't be embarrassed about this. <laughs> no. Too, too exactly. good. Exactly. And you wrote your, 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 yeah, so you dropped the key off at the mechanic. You dropped this letter off. You made sure to um, give him every opportunity to reach you. You wrote your na- your name, your address. You wrote your, your work phone number, your work toll-free phone number. You wrote your home phone number on there. You wrote a guy named Stan's number on there. So if, if he couldn't have reached you, I don't know. I don't know what. Stan is the guy at Hammond's. And that's his number. Oh, okay. Oh, the, the guy mechanic. The mechanic. Okay. So he had every opportunity to reach you. 1992 <laughs> Plymouth Voyager, 0.3 liter, six cylinder. And it says, main reason for bringing it in. Wednesday night, the front seemed to shimmy and it seemed tight. Like it didn't want to shift into high gear as usual. Got home in the driver's side front wheel, wheel slash wheel cover, was so hot i couldn't leave my hand on it thursday on the way to work all was well other than the usual discrepancies list of those that follow yep (laughs) all written in very beautiful cursive this is back end shimmies from 10 to 35 miles an hour then quote unquote planes out and drives smoothly Previous driver's side rear tire had very odd wear pattern. Still shimmies with new tires. I can live with that. <laughs> you bet, baby. <laughs> now, here, here is in all caps. <laughs> to not open sliding door. It will fall off! Exclamation point. <laughs> As you've heard in previous episodes. <sighs> The now back to cursive. The only lock cylinder that works is the tailgate. <laughs> now, now, now back to all caps. Do not lock vehicle. If locked, gain access through the tailgate. The tailgate will not stay up on its own. And this is all still caps. Prop it. With the wood slat found in the back of the mini. <laughs> Woo, we're not done yet, folks. We still have about four lines to go. All right. It's still all caps. Vehicle leaks oil. And then once again, the world famous quote, can live with that. <laughs> then, oh Lord, still all caps. Due to electrical incident, Mirrors, horn, radio, and dome light do not work. All other necessary electricals do, underlined, do work. <laughs> so that's the it. letter. <laughs> that's the Magna Carta. <laughs> the Mechanic Carta right there. <laughs> the Mechanic Carta. I'll stop it right here. I, I, so many questions just pop in my head. Uh... What did the mechanic think when he read it? Did he follow those directions step by step? Did he ever lock the doors and had to climb through the tailgate? Did he walk around the shop with the letter and shared it with other mechanics working there? <laughs> Just too funny. All right, back to my parents. Do you remember what he fixed? <laughs> yeah, it Ooh. had uh, the calipers were sticking. Oh. 
That's why the wheel was Shimmied. heating up. Oh, that's why the wheel was heating up. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it was shortly after we got that fixed, we decided to uh, cut bait and get yes. rid of it and yes. got a new vehicle. Well, I can live with that. Back <laughs> yeah. in shimmies, then planes out, drive smoothly. Previous drivers like, very odd where I can live with that, too. <laughs> well, you know, after listening to these hoopty stories, I can live with a lot. You know? uh, we all can. Yeah. I did the well, same thing. Well, that's true. That's true. My well, hey, I don't care. Yeah, your tempos. Yeah, you know, those I mean, were you, bad. You love the first one so much, you got a second one. Yes. I thank you for listening to another episode of Memory Mission, our second and last episode in our Hoopty series. I hope that it reminded you of your own minivan and when you used to impress your friends as the engine would randomly sound like it was going to explode as you were driving 45 miles an hour down the street. Or I hope it reminded you of a letter that you wrote your mechanic warning him that, basically, your safety is in danger if you don't abide by the directions it contains. That's happened to everyone, right? If you like our show, please be sure to share with a friend. Follow us on Facebook, Memory Mission, and Twitter, at Memory Mission. Or you can email us at memorymission at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening. I truly appreciate it.